You're listening to the Colts Blue Zone Podcast with Mike Chappell and Dave Griffiths. Thanks for listening to the Colts Blue Zone Podcast. I'm Matt Adams. Mike Chappell is out. We'll hear from Dave Griffiths and some Colts players in just a few minutes. First order of business, cornerback Isaiah Rogers has been suspended indefinitely and is expected to miss the entirety of the 2023 season, the NFL announced. But there was a surprise here. He's not the only Colts player facing a suspension. Rashad Berry is also suspended indefinitely for gambling. The Colts signed Barry to the active roster from the Jaguars practice squad in January 2023, initially signed as a free agent with the Patriots in April 2020. That's not the end of the bad news for Isaiah Rogers and Rashad Berry. The team announcing in a corresponding move pretty much as soon as the NFL announced these suspensions. The Colts announced today that they have waived both defensive end Rashad Berry and cornerback Isaiah Rogers Sr. According to a statement from Colts general manager Chris Ballard, we've made the following roster moves as a consequence of the determination that these players violated the league's gambling policy. The integrity of the game is of the utmost importance. As an organization, we will continue to educate our players, coaches, and staff on the policy policies in place and the significant consequences that may occur with violations. A third player, a free agent, Demetrius Taylor out of Appalachian State is also suspended indefinitely. All three suspended specifically for betting on NFL games. So we kind of know that if you bet on NFL games and the league finds out about it, you're going to be suspended indefinitely. Now, a fourth player from the Tennessee Titans, Nicholas Petit Frere, is an offensive tackle. He was suspended six games, but the league specifically said that he bet on non-NFL games or non-NFL sports, I should say, at a club facility. So if you bet on the NFL and the league finds out about it, it is an indefinite suspension likely a year if you're caught uh, betting on a non-NFL sport, uh, baseball, basketball, whatever, but you do it on a team facility, on a team plane, something like that, then you'll get a six-game suspension if the league finds out about it. Now, as far as Rodgers go and uh, Barry and Taylor, they can petition for reinstatement at the end of 2023. We saw that with Calvin Ridley, who was traded uh, to the Jaguars from the Falcons. He was suspended after it was found that he bet on games and then he was reinstated this season after serving a one-year suspension. So a similar process should play out with Rodgers and the other two players. Now, according to a report from SportsHandle.com, Rodgers was involved in pervasive betting that included NFL games and specifically Indianapolis Colts games. The report said Rodgers opened a sportsbook account under an associate's name, placed about 100 bets, uh, most of them being small in nature, but there was at least one that was a four-figure wager, according to that report. Uh, Rogers uh, it has admitted to the betting, he said in a statement on social media, that he took full responsibility for his actions. The Colts picked Rogers in the sixth round of the 2020 draft. He broke out as a kick returner and became kind of a playmaker in the secondary. He had aspirations to become a starter this season with their youth and uh, depth at that position, a lack of depth. He was looking that he would play a big role there until these gambling allegations came out. We covered those extensively in a podcast a couple weeks ago. In April, the NFL handed down indefinite suspensions to two Lions players and a Commanders player for betting on games in 20. 22. Two other Lions players were suspended for six games for violating the gambling policy. So finally, official word from the NFL on Isaiah Rogers, an indefinite suspension for him for violating the league's gambling policy. And then on top of that suspension, 
the Colts have waived him, meaning that he is no longer with the team and will have to wait until next season to play, and that is after he applies for reinstatement and if that is granted by the league. Now, we also have some word from the Indianapolis Colts themselves this week. Uh, training camp uh, dates are now announced. The team will kick things off on July 26th at Grand Park Sports Campus in Westfield. It is free to attend, but you'll need to get your tickets uh, at colts.com camp. They have sort of some of their activities and the dates and all that stuff on that website. Activities will include the Colts Play 60 field with football drills and punt returns, so you can kind of see how you might perform out on the field. The Colts in Motion interactive traveling experience, Blue the mascot, Colts cheerleaders, all kinds of activities there for the family. Again, admission is free, but you do need to get tickets in order to enter. There will be 13 total practices open to the public. Public. They will include four evening practices. Camp ends with joint practices against the Bears on August 16th and 17th. They'll have a day off on the 18th before they play each other on August 19th. That's a Saturday at Lucas Oil Stadium. That will be the Colts' only home preseason game this year. So with that, I will toss it over to my colleague Dave Griffiths, and we'll hear from several Colts players on offense and defense, including Jonathan Taylor, Michael Pittman, Alec Pierce, Ryan Kelly, Zaire Franklin, Kenny Moore, and Dallas Flowers. Thanks, Dave. Hey there, Colts fans. Thanks to Matt for starting us off there this week. Uh, looking forward to getting up there to Westfield for another year at Grand Park. Uh, training camp is always a blast uh, up there. there. There's a lot to see. There's a lot to do for fans, and uh, that, that's not necessarily the norm anymore across the NFL. So Colts fans should be grateful that uh, the front office here, led by Chris Ballard, really believes in the value uh, of having a public training camp so that fans can come out and they can uh, interact with the players a little bit. They can build that bond and uh, and get ready for the season to come. So, uh, so looking forward to that. That's going to be uh, that's going to be a blast, I'm sure. And uh, we we certainly hope to see Jonathan Taylor out there for training camp. Unlike throughout this off season, after he had his uh, ankle procedure slash surgery uh, way back in January, has not participated in a practice since. So we fully expect him to be back at some time during training camp. Uh, when that is uh, to be determined. Uh, let's hear from Jonathan Taylor as Colts minicamp wrapped up as for what he's planning, beginning with uh, beginning with what he's planning for this time off before training camp begins. Definitely take the time, you know, relax your mind. We, we were here for a few weeks, you know, especially with new coaching staff, but we're still on. Get your mind right, get your mental right, because we got someone coming in here in September and we got to be ready. We better be ready. This is a new coaching staff and this is a new offense. What strides were you able to see from your offense, not just in this week, but in all of the weeks of the OTA work that you guys have been putting in? I think number one, putting us in position to make explosive plays. Uh, you see a, a lot around the league now. Guys, you know, offenses are very explosive. You know, offenses are putting up points. So I, I can see now, you know, with the different schemes, he's putting us in positions for us to let our talents take over and make those explosive plays, which is going to be fun to watch. You How much growth have you seen from Anthony Richardson? I've seen a lot of growth still still very early but you can see where he makes strides at you can see where he struggles at but you can see how he continuously works hard you can't ask for anything more I mean you can't you you never really played with a quarterback who can move on that level what do you think that's going to do to defenses with you and Richardson together it's definitely going to put another eye out it's definitely going to be in the scouting report um, it's nothing that you can leave unnoticed unaccounted for if not you'll, you'll definitely pay has it been tough for you to stand on the sidelines here, or is this something that you you know that you have to do? Like you mentioned, it's tough, but you know you, you have to do it because uh, you know you're not ready to be out there. So you want to be out there. You're doing everything in your power to inch closer and closer every single day. And 
I'm happy though because I'm seeing the strides that the team is making. So all that I want to do is be able to come in there and just help continue make those strides with the guys. How Go ahead. Do you, do you think you're close? Do you think do you anticipate you'll be out there when training camp starts? That's definitely the goal. Okay. JT Zaire talked about how much fun you guys are having, how excited this is. How is the morale different from the end of the season last year to now installing this new offense? I mean, when you talk about the end of the season last year, I mean, it's, it's way better than that. Um, and, and it's also because we've chosen to have that mindset of learn from it. But listen, this is a new season. It's a new you. It's a new team. It's a new staff. What are you going to do? What, how are you going to be remembered in 2023? I think that's the real motto and message. How do you treat the next few weeks before you guys get to camp so that you are ready to hit the ground running in Westfield? Number one. Hit the quick reset button. You know, you were here, a lot of football, a lot of new terms, a lot of new schemes, but then quickly turn that switch right back on and start preparing. How, what are you gonna do? How are you going to gain that edge? What are you gonna do to gain, be 1% better from last year, 1% better from the previous day that you were just on the field or you were just in the weight room? Because when August comes, it's time to roll. With Dalvin Cook's situation and, you know, Saquon and everything, does it feel like running backs are kind of fighting for the, to be recognized for their value? They're de yeah, they're, they definitely are, and it, it's, it's sad. It sucks because a lot of positions, a lot of positions do a lot for their team. Um, but specifically speaking for the running back position, um, I can just speak firsthand, we do do a lot. And you just want to be treated fairly, um, and not even treated fairly. You just want to be you know, appreciated for what you bring to the team. It's never about yourself, it's about the team. So what do you bring to the team? So you know, just seeing guys fight. You just hope that things work out for them. I mean, you see why guys, they, they request trades, they, they want, you know, they just want to feel valued by not only their coaches, their teammates, but the organization as well. Um, and, and I think it's, it's something you got to continue to do. I mean, has, has it been, I don't know, daunting, but just taking note of this, I'm sure, watching from a distance, regardless of what happens with you, have you paid close attention to what's happening with some of these other running backs? Uh, you definitely have to pay, uh, pay attention just so you know, okay, what type of space are you entering into? Mm -hmm. And you just hope, you know, from the track record here, you hope that the things are, are being evaluated the, the right way. You know, it's not just all about, it's all about the wins. You want to make sure at the end of the day, you guys are winning games, you want to win championships. But it's a lot, I feel like it's a lot more with this organization. It's, you know, what are you doing in the community? Are you trying to uplift the community? Are you trying to uplift your teammates? So you just hope that, you know, the organization sees that value and everything that you're trying to provide, not only to the team, but also to the community. That is Colts running back Jonathan Taylor trying to get a new contract at some point as he's entering the last year of his deal. You heard a couple of his thoughts, and we've discussed this uh, together with Mike Chappell, with Matt Adams uh, on uh, a our more normal podcast than, than you're getting this week, just about Taylor's value to the team, um, running back's value across the NFL. It's just not what it used to be, uh, but Taylor's trying to prove that uh, in many ways that he's still a value to the Colts organization. Um, and it, his... Um, references to uh, value to the team, value to the community. Uh, you really saw that with Kenny Moore uh, a couple of years ago as he was extended really, really before he broke out. But the front office, uh, led by Chris Ballard, really believed in him. And he, he was extended, like which doesn't usually happen, like I said, before he really had a breakout year. And he proved them right. Um, Taylor's already broken out for sure. Uh, NFL leading rusher a couple of years ago. But a, a lot, some differences with his injury. Uh, so, uh, again, we've talked about this. This is kind of why I understand 
Uh, I would fully understand if the Colts did not extend uh, Taylor. Uh, Mike Chappell believes it's going to get done, so we'll th certainly uh, throw his opinion out there. Um, but there are a couple differences here and there between Kenny and, and, and Taylor, of course. But um, I, I would not be surprised, I guess, if he's extended before camp, but I can certainly see the Colts' perspective not uh, doing so, as, as I've said before. So, uh, so that's one uh, star offensive player looking for a contract this offseason. How about another? I'll uh, get some uh, brief discussion with uh, Michael Pittman Jr., who was also uh, held out of, uh, of minicamp uh, working on an injury. So uh, Michael Pittman Jr. after the Colts wrapped up minicamp. So uh, just keep progressing the uh, right direction. Is that tough for you to keep to, to take it slow when everyone's out here and everyone's working? Yeah, I mean, but I don't want to get in a situation to where I rush it back and then I'm dealing with it for all next year. You know, I dealt with it for all of last year. I don't want to do it again. How did it hinder you last year, do you think? Well, I mean, I don't like to say that it hindered me because if I'm because if I'm playing, like I don't want them to play me like I'm hurt. So like I'm not going to say that it hindered me. Like, or like in any way. How have you seen this receiver room really take shape this offseason? Yeah, no, I mean, we got a lot of young guys and um, a lot of guys that weren't here last year just um, showing up and coming in here and doing some um, doing some um, very good things. So, like, it's good to see a lot of new young guys just, like, doing their thing. How does that refresh this room, give it some extra energy? Absolutely. I mean, we've added a lot of new guys, like I just said, and everybody just brings their own personality. and. Um, like it's just cool to, to see the the, the um, difference. So who's yeah. the biggest personality besides the, yourself? The biggest personality <laughs> in there, probably Isaiah McKenzie. Uh -huh. Yeah, so so him. <laughs> so if you're ready, day one of camp. Well, we don't have any type of like timetable on it. Like I wish, you know, like I could say, hey, like I'll be ready at this day at this time, but that's just not how it, you know, that's just not how it goes. What stands out to you the most about Richardson? Um. I would say like how hard he works. I mean, like he is on the clock 24/7. I mean, every time that I'm trying to even talk to him, like he's down, like looking at his playbook, and I'm like, bro, like chill out for like one second. Like I'm trying to talk to you. So I mean, like he's just on it like 24/7. I said this before with Shaquille Leonard. That was a uh, Michael Pittman Jr. By the way, I, I hate the no timetable thing because because everyone has a timetable. You're just not telling us the timetable, and that's fine. Like you don't have to, but don't don't treat me like an idiot when you say there's no timetable there is a timetable you have a plan you know when you want to get back there's a day and it's going to happen uh or or, or it's not going to happen you know it, just put it out there it's fine it doesn't matter if you hit it you don't hit it like from my perspective i don't know but but i'm just i'm just rambling uh anyway um no contract for uh, michael Pittman jr right now and uh it, it as as we have also discussed on, on the pod uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't want a contract because he can certainly do better than he did last year under Matt Ryan. And if the Colts are offering him a deal, uh, it, I'm sure that he thinks he can do better with a quarterback who can throw competently more than 10, 15 yards down the field, which uh, the Colts really did not consistently have that last year. And to some fault of the quarterback, to some fault of the offensive line, to some fault of not having a running game with an injured Jonathan Taylor and the offensive line. But uh, but but all that to say, uh, both Michael Pittman Jr., Jonathan Taylor, still waiting to see if they will earn that contract this offseason uh, from the Colts franchise. How about uh, someone else in that wide receiver room entering his second year with the Colts and second year in the NFL, Alec Pierce. Uh, let's hear from him as minicamp wrapped up. It's been good, you know, it's been good getting settled in with new coaches, uh, new new players, new quarterback, all that, so, yeah, it's been a good offseason. Pittman was saying how there's just so many young guys in the receiver room now, maybe yeah. a renewed energy. How are you feeling that? 
Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Um, definitely, you know, some new faces. Uh, we're very young, and, you know, we just got – but then we did bring in some leaders, some some older guys, you know, experienced. So, yeah, we're just going to, you know, just go out there and try to make plays, get better every day. What have you told these rookies that you learned from your rookie season? Um, I think I, I really told them, you know, one, make sure going into camp that you're just completely locked in on the plays. Uh, it's going to feel fast, and it's going to feel like, you know, you might be a little confused out there, but you want to be, you know – as much com as, as comfortable as you can be with the playbook so that it doesn't really just like you know you're not just confused on where to line up and what what route to run you want to be confident when you line up so that you can you know obviously go out there and try to compete so how comfortable would you say you are with that playbook right now i'm very i'm, I'm very comfortable i'd say um you know definitely just being able to go out here in the, in the spring and uh summer and work through it a little bit now nah, i think i'm ready for camp why is it important for you to go back to glen allen and host a camp uh it's super important you know just just, uh, I, I think it's super cool. It's at, at the field I grew up uh, playing at, you know. They got some new turf down in it now. But same location I grew up playing, my, my first football league, uh, Bill George Youth Football League. Uh, I was on the Glen Allen Golden Eagles. So I'm super excited to go out there, give back to the community, and see who shows up. How much confidence are you bringing into this season after your successes you had last year? Uh, yeah, I'd say a lot of confidence. You know, I really want to – just kind of continue to prove myself as a receiver, uh, prove that I can do other things, be more versatile than I was last year. Now trying to stay sharp, obviously, over the next five or six weeks before you come back from camp. I know that you and Anthony and Gardner are supposed to, uh, never, all the receivers are supposed to come and throw with each other. How important is that time going to be to just continue to build toward this season with two quarterbacks that, are, that you're in your first year with? Super important. You know, I think we see even out here at OTAs, sometimes you'll be on just like slightly different pages, and that's just something that comes with time. Uh, and reps, so you know it's going to be very important for us this off season to get as much more comfortable as we can going into training camp because that's really when you want to just nail it in and, and put the finishing touches on. How do Gardner and Anthony both compare to quarterbacks you played with in the past? Um, it's a good question. You know, de definitely, definitely a little bit, a little bit different than last year. You know, last year we had the, the ultimate vet, Matt Ryan. Um, and he was just a great leader, um, but he's a guy who'd been around. He'd been he'd been doing it for, you know, countless years. Had a lot of success. And now we get young guys, um, and you know, young guys do a little bit different things. We might we might have a little bit more mobility back there, um, run different types of plays, you know. But I think uh, Gardner and Anthony both have a little bit of that capability. So one might maybe more than the other, but <laughs> yeah, they both they both can do that. You know, multiple things back there. A um, little bit of dual threat, so. It's a little different. Kind of probably compares a little bit more to what I experienced in college with uh, Desmond Ritter. So, what do you think of just the, kind of the, the energy, the vibes Anthony brings, or he's kind of just he seems like he's always happy dancing yeah. out here. Yeah, yeah, it's great. I love it. You know, I love. I'm this kind of the same. Like I like to play loose and, and, and just like play free out there, and I like that he brings that energy because you know keeps things loose out here, keeps things light. It's a young cornerback group too. How's that competition going between the receivers and those young DBs? Oh, it's been going well. I think I think they've they had some good days these past couple. Uh, they might have got they might have got our number these last couple of days maybe, but you know it's been it's been back and forth battle this whole camp. Thanks, Alex. Appreciate Thanks, Alex. Alex. Yeah, those young DBs certainly did have the uh, have the number of the Colts wide receivers during minicamp. Uh, it was just uh, tough going for for the offense those two days that the Colts had before they canceled the third day of minicamp, uh, mandatory minicamp there uh, in mid in mid June. So, um, you say that well they're young DBs, so why didn't the wide receivers do better and they have some experience? There's some factors I think on both sides. It's obviously a new offense and new uh, quarterbacks throwing them the ball. 
So I think that might even things out when you look at the age and the experience of the wide receivers versus the age and the experience of the cornerbacks who are just uh, a little bit younger overall. So, uh, and, and defense is usually ahead of this time of year anyway. Uh, so and I, that's that's nothing super to be concerned with yet. Well, we'll we'll, we'll see it during training camp uh, how much you go back and forth and how much the offense grows, you would imagine, with, uh, with either Gardner Minshew or Anthony Richardson uh, throwing them the ball. And the Colts certainly hope that, that Pierce can take a step forward uh, this year. And, and he did show some explosiveness last year, showed that he can get behind the defense. Uh, when, uh, when the quarterback can get him the ball, uh, he's, he's there to fight for it. And, boy, he skies. It's, it's fun to watch Pierce jump. Um, and notice that first last year in, uh, in training camp up in Westfield. Those are the things you observe, you know, during, uh, during open practices, fully open practices, is like how, how guys are unique and special. Um, it's hard with some positions like, uh, like it is, uh, it's hard with running back just cause no one's getting tackled, uh, you know, but, but with wide receiver, um, that's really a good fight between wide receivers and defensive backs. Like you could tell last year that, uh, Stefan Gilmore was just always in the right position, for example. And you could tell last year that Alec Pierce could just jump out of the gym as the expression goes. So, uh, throw it up and he's going to have a chance to get it for sure. Uh, that was Alec Pierce. Uh, what about Ryan Kelly, Colt Center, back for another year in Indiana? Uh, let's hear from him. This is a place where people want to come to work every day. You know, it's like you want to sit with your coaches at lunch and you want to hang out with them and you want to, you know, bullshit with them at the coffee at the coffee maker, right? Those those things, those little things that, like, you know, in the offseason you're not in pads, it's, it's hard to, you know, say, well, you know, we do this better or whatever. But um, the little things you can build a team with now, I think we've done a great job of. How is this offense different from last year's offense? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of similarities um, coming from, you know, Shane and, and uh, Nick Sirianni were all with Frank. So there's definitely some crossover. But, um, you know, I think things will continue to keep changing. You know, obviously you get a guy like Anthony Richardson and we, you know, knew that that draft pick was going to change some things in the offense. But um, you guys have been really receptive to it, you know, and it's been awesome to uh, to see everybody grow. Um, I'm getting challenged because it's a new offense for me too, right? So it kind of keeps you young and on your toes. And I thought guys have done a great job so far just learning things. and. Things you can clean up, but I think the, the camaraderie and the, the brotherhood has certainly been the biggest part of this offseason. You've been with plenty of quarterbacks. What makes Anthony Richardson different? Yeah, I mean, I think the whole offense, I think that whole room, um, you know, I'll start with Minshew because he was the first one mm -hmm. that was here before uh, when I got here. And I thought his just commanding leadership and his ability to go out there and just, you know, put it all on the line every day, I thought that that was incredibly impressive. Um, still for a young guy in the league. And then um, obviously Anthony's been a little quiet, but. That's to be expected. I mean, I'm sure his head's been a little bit, but um, certainly what he can do physically on and off the field um, has been great. And, you know, he's obviously taken a lot of, you know, uh, responsibility in, in that comes to that huddle. And so he's going to make mistakes. And I think you kind of look at how you respond from that. And he's done a great job so far. And then um, Sam has just been, you know, he battles every day. Now, I respect that uh, the most out of that guy. Anthony's only 21. Is he showing his age? <laughs> yeah, I think he turned 21 like 10 days before I turned 30. So uh, <laughs> not sure we're the same life goals, but uh, it keeps me young too. I mean, and that's, you know, that's kind of what I think people have to remember is, you know, the guy's 21 years old. You know, you don't step in and, and play like an all-pro right, you know, right away. But uh, I think his um, preparation and what he can do physically, you know, that's why he's here. You know, obviously what he's off, he can do off the field because, you know, I think he's like he's learning. That, that position comes with a lot of scrutiny, comes with a lot of responsibility. Um, that's gonna, you know, that's something to learn over time. Ryan, the team breaks now. Obviously, you'll come back together for uh, for training camp. Over your career, how have you learned that these next five or six weeks, uh, you you can't just completely let let everything go out of your head, can you? No, I mean, I think when we talk to the guys at the end, is like, you, know, you definitely need to get away. I mean, it's 17, you know, week season. It's gonna, it's a long season. Um, 
so I was taking a vacation with my family, you know, get away. But, um, you know, the fine balance of, you know, working hard, making sure your body's, you know, correct. But also, you know, we just put all this work in for the last three, four months. You know, physically, you know, you're going to you're gonna have some rust to knock off when you get back um, at Grand Park. But, um, you know, how can we come back with the same mental focus that we left with um, as far as learning the offense, you know, picking things up and playing five as one? I thought that this group was going to do a great job of that. Do you feel 30? No, man. <laughs> I was 21. No, some days I feel 30. Sometimes I, I feel like I'm 19 again. So, uh, so it's good about having a young team, man. Keep you young. What's it been like having Tony Sperano in the in the coaching spot here? He's been great, man. Uh, that was, you know, from day one he got in here. He said, you know, I'm look, I, I coach a little bit differently. I believe in having a relationship with players, and I thought that that was that that was my biggest thing for an offensive line coach coming into this was how do you how do you rebuild five guys to play together after you know the last couple of years have not gone our way. So. Um, from day one, that's what it's been about, man. That, that offensive line room, this, you know, how sacred that is to come into that room and feel like, you know, you can talk to your brothers about anything. Um, and he's done a great job of that. And he's just been awesome, man. I mean, he demands the most out of you. He doesn't kill you. An individual, you know, he's not going to turn us into conditioning tests. He wants you to get better at your craft. Um, and I think the guys have really responded well to that. Of course, I finally needed the beep in there for Ryan Kelly's uh, interview. Just a quick one, though. And then he, uh, he got back on the straight and narrow, so to speak. Uh, Kelly, I- I've always found it ironic the past couple of years that uh, when the Colts drafted Kelly and when Ryan Grigson drafted Ryan Kelly, that that was finally stopping the center carousel in front of Andrew Luck uh, when the Colts could not find a center his first couple of years of his career to pair with them. You finally get Ryan Kelly, and then a couple of years later, Andrew Luck is gone, and there's a carousel of quarterbacks behind, uh, behind Ryan Kelly as your consistent center. Um, and it's, uh, it's, it's, it's funny that it's not funny, you know, uh, if, if you're a Colts fan. Uh, so, um, let's see, it's the, it's the same five, uh, right now as, uh, as last year and the Colts did not do anything to shore up, uh, a right guard position. Like, uh, all of us on the pod postulated they, they might, if they wanted to go out and get a veteran guy, uh, that was a starting position that was open and it was a, a position group that had a lot of failures last year to be perfectly honest so it made sense to go out and get a veteran to plug in there and and start next year but Chris Ballard thought otherwise and you can tell what the Colts and Chris Ballard thinks by what he does and by what he did the blame for last year went squarely on the shoulders of Chris Strasser the offensive line coach because he's the only one gone brought in a new one Tony Sperano Jr. And the expectation there is he's going to right the ship. And it's not fully the player's fault for what happened. So we'll see. We will see if that is the case. Uh, Because two years ago, Carson Wentz was the scapegoat. And that was obviously not uh, fully true. And I don't have anybody to argue against me with Carson Wentz right now. Uh, So so I love it. I could just go on for the next 20. No, I'm not going to do that. Don't worry. Uh, I could. Absolutely could, but I, I will not. Uh, we've talked a lot about offense so far last week with the quarterbacks and with Shane Steichen. Uh, let's go over to the defensive side of the ball. Um, Captain Zaire Franklin speaking uh, during mandatory minicamp uh, just this or earlier this month. Um, I would just say, to be honest, uh, we're just having a lot of fun. Uh, I would just say, you know, just the you know, energy in the building, energy at practice, uh, you know, I think that's just what it happens when you know you got a lot of young guys, a lot of guys who played together for a while too. So um, I think we just got a great group. To be honest, um, personally, I feel like I'm just really enjoying, you know, the team, enjoying our time together. Um, and I think, you know, hopefully, you know, that, that pays dividends, you know, when it's time to put them pads on and 
you know, play real football. So. What, what sticks out about Shane so far? Last time we talked to you, was he great at his I would just say his attention to detail. Um, you know, I feel like all the best coaches I had, I've ever had, you know, just were never willing to overlook a mistake, and I feel like that describes Shane. Um, and you know, in a nutshell, um, whether that's you know offense, defense, special teams, um, he's all about not only just holding guys accountable, but bringing guys along with them, showing them that, you know, this is the standard, this is how we're going to play here, this is what we expect from you. Um, and I think when you got, you know, an over, overarching standard of, you know, accountability, it's easy for everybody to live up to. It's easier for us as leaders to hold other, team, other guys accountable to. So um, I just feel like he's just doing a great job, just, I guess, just setting that standard of accountability. Tiger, with not that it's a silver lining for Shaq Evans, more guys are getting more reps now, like EJ. So is it sort of accelerating EJ's development for more reps he's getting? Oh, no question. Um, I mean, obviously, EJ's a great player. He made a ton of great plays in his time here already. Um, but, you know, just the time that me and him are getting to play together next to each other, um, you know, just in, you know, in case, uh, you know, Shaq's not there or whatever. Um, you know, it's definitely paying dividends. And I always feel like, too, just the more reps you get it, the more comfortable you get, it just expands your game and, you know, a bunch of different levels, too, so. And he's a, he had, he's talking, he's taking the path, he's a, he's a special teams, special teams, and then defense, and then really being acquired. Yeah. So you see that similar, similar path he's taking? Oh, no question. I mean, yeah, me and, me and Speed was in the trenches together. You know, we was going at it. We was battling a couple times, you know, man, chasing each other for these tackles and stuff. But obviously, you know, he's someone who's serious about his business, serious about um, his work ethic, you know, his, the time he puts in not only to, you know, the playbook, but also to his body to get himself ready to play. Um, honestly, you know, he, he puts it in just like myself, you know, just as better than everybody else on the team. So I know he's going to be ready. Um, obviously, having him out there, he's a playmaker. You know, speed is just the type of guy. You put him on the field, great things happen. So um, obviously, I always look forward to playing with him. We've asked you a ton over the last couple of years about the stress running quarterbacks, but you guys defense. So just looking at your own offense, and JT and Richardson are there in the backfield. Like, if you had to play against them, what would you think Man, it, it's – you. It's crazy because um, even just like during the walkthrough against them, it's just, you know, okay, when five's in there, it's just, you just got to be aware. You know what I mean? It's just like a whole nother element to an offense that you don't necessarily have to think about um, with more of a traditional quarterback. Um, and obviously with JT in there, I mean, JT the best running back in the league, period. You know, so when he's on the field, um, just what he brings to, to, to the team, to the offense, them, them boys pushing. You know what I mean? And, and JT going to find a hole and he, he a home run hitter. So. Um, obviously, with them two both back there, you know, just that athleticism, that speed, that power, um, is definitely you know a, a problem for opposing offense. It's not us. I'm mean, opposing defense, not us. So. Was that your so many impression of, of Richardson? I realize that that is our presence. Can you feel it? Man, I just feel like he's just a humble kid. That's just really all about the grind. You know, I feel like for him, he's just you know soaking it all in. Um, I think. He, he's starting to get comfortable, uh, starting to, you know, enjoy himself, starting to let that personality show and all that other stuff. And I think you could tell, you know, even on the plays, you know, just when he started to get comfortable, he started to make them throws and stuff like that. I, I feel like you could definitely feel it starting to grow and starting to get better. Obviously, it's highs and lows and stuff, but, I mean, he's a good kid. We in the locker room arguing about different stuff, so it's all good. What is his personality that you're seeing come through? Uh, I, w I mean, like I said, I feel like, you know, he, he from, uh, from Gainesville, so that's northern Florida, so, you know, they're a little country up there, so he, a little, he got a little country in him, but, 
he a, he a good dude, man. That's you know, man. He's a, he's that's my guy. Uh, you know, you know, we go back and forth about a little bit because you know I'm a trash talking about the offense now, but. Um, yeah, no, nah, he a good kid. Just putting that work in, trying to get better like everybody else. Is there, okay, uh, yeah, I was just going to say, just going off of that, is there anything about him that surprises you or you, you wouldn't have thought before um, him coming in and now that you've seen him around the building, what maybe jumps out? Uh, to me, I mean, I don't know. I kind of came in with not that many expectations or, you know, assumptions, I would say, but I mean, I did see a clip of him dunking a basketball the other day, but I kind of pegged him for that. I'm kind of like, all right, you probably could, you probably could do something crazy in a basketball court. I probably assumed that, but so yeah, that was. I guess that was surprising too. So. You know, how much you Thank you for not getting like talk about I think that's just extremely important. Um, I feel like. Uh, not only just for our team, but and for for in sports, sometimes I feel like when you uh, sometimes when you draft a guy with expectations and you want to believe and you want to, I don't know, I guess believe in him so much that he becomes the type of player that you want him to be. Um, but the reality of it is, um, there's no substitute for hard work. And um, I think you know, just kind of having Anthony in a situation, or even most all our young guys in a situation where they got to come in and earn a spot on the field, they got to come in and, and you know. It's the NFL, you eat what you kill. You get what I'm saying? So I feel like just having guys in that situation just puts them in the best position to be successful long-term in their career. Because I feel like a lot of times a young guy could come in and you'll just give him something. And all of a sudden, he'll start to assume that things are going to be given to him throughout his career. And it ain't going to work like that. You know, you're going to have to take this stuff. You're going to have to take greatness. You're going to have to take these titles. You're going to have to take these wins, these Pro Bowls, these All-Pros. And ain't nobody just going to get that to you. So. Um, I think that starts in the building. It starts from day one, and I think um, we do a great job in this building of you know holding our young guys accountable and making sure they earn everything they get. Zagger, once you guys break from the complex about five weeks or so, how do you strike that balance between continuing to train and be where you need to be, come camp, but also getting refreshed, getting recharged because it has been kind of tumultuous last nine to months. Oh, of course, yeah. I'm, I'm a little bit of a workaholic. You know, I kind of like you know in my back of my mind. You know, even. You know, if I'm doing uh, community service or something, I'm still thinking like, man, I probably should just get a run in tonight or something. You know what I mean? I just, but I think it's good, you know, just spending that time with your family, um, just cause, you know, once it's on, it's on. You know, once we get back to training camp, it ain't no flipping that switch the other way. So definitely got to take that time that, you know, much needed time to spend it with my family, my friends, um, you know, enjoy that time at home while I can. But, you know, once we get back, it's go time, get ready for Jacksonville. You always get good info from Zaire whenever he's on the microphone, and and I love his expressions. The one that, the one that stuck out to me there was, "You eat what you kill," uh, and basically meaning uh, nothing's going to be given to you in this league. You have to go out and take it. You have to go out and kill it. And uh, if if there's any case where somebody starts giving you something, that's just uh, hurting you in the future. Um, I think it was a longtime defensive uh, coordinator in the NFL, Greg Williams. Uh, who sat on hard knocks one time, those who have enabled you in your past have disabled you for your future. Uh, when he was uh, making an emphatic point to <laughs> some of his young linebackers, I believe, with his, I believe it was the Rams season on hard knocks uh, a couple years back. So uh, a anyway, it's a kind of just the same idea. You eat what you kill. Things should not be given to you in the NFL uh, because if somebody has enabled you, just, just kind of uh, eased you along, that, that's hurting an NFL player uh, for – uh, for what comes on Sundays uh, for 18 straight weeks or 17 out of 18 weeks.
uh, throughout the season. So um, Zaire and a lot of people, when, when Shane Steichen is like, when people ask about what's different under Shane Steichen, accountability comes up all the time, over and over and over again. It is obviously something that, that he is stricter at uh, th- than Frank Reich was, or he is different in holding players accountable th- than Frank Reich was, because that's what keeps coming up when players are asked about, uh, tell me about Shane Steichen, what's he like? Well, accountability, boy, he, he, he's on you. Like, if you make a mistake, then uh, he or the coaching staff is, um, is, uh, is not going to just let it slide, uh, not going to just let it go. Um, also, uh, the uh, discussion about Anthony Richardson being from Gainesville, which is country, uh, from Zaire Franklin. All, all y'all here might not know, because uh, I've had this discussion in, in the sports office, because this, like, this sound came up, this quote came up, about is Gainesville really the country? There are lots of different types of country, uh, for those who are unaware. And Gainesville is a swamp country, or a backwoods country. A little bit of both there. there there's like... There's southern, like, farm country, you know. There's uh, Texas is its own world, Texas country. But uh, there's the farm country, and there's the swamp country, and there's the woods country. And they're kind of different. They hold, they hold little things uh, different, and, and the swamp country is a real thing. Um, and, and so, anyway, that, 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 that's my spiel about uh, different types of country, or at least my two-second spiel about different types of country. All right, that's Zaire Franklin. What about Kenny Moore, the veteran of the cornerback group now? Uh, let's hear from Kenny at Colts Minicamp. Uh yeah, it'd be some additions from last year. But what I'm more excited about is for everybody to be in the second year inside of defense to um have that experience downs back in the you know, the back of our head. So anything that happened good or bad, we're able to build off of it and um you know, as a coaching staff, they've just been tinkering a lot of stuff, so. Who are those guys who do that second year is Dallas Flowers? What's been your impression in the corner and how he's growing? I like Dallas Flowers' aggression and the way he's able to gel with everybody in the room. So I think if you have the camaraderie and you have the togetherness and uh, in your play, then it'll take you further along than just his skill. So he has a skill set to play, and that's why he plays. And um, very excited to play with Dallas. A lot of investment in the young corners this offseason. Is there anything that's sticking out about any of these guys, whether it's Darius or Jalen so far? Uh, just a willing to learn. I think everything is so limited right now with reps and, you know, being able to see uh, somebody's true ability. But, you know, as training camp comes around, we'll see a lot of reps uh, come together. Julian was talking a little bit earlier last week about, you know, he kind of shifted over to that first five years and years I love to play with Julian Blackman. Um, you know, having him, you know, as an athlete, you got to put your pride aside in certain situations. And, you know, having in a position like the nickel uh, position, you got you got to have uh, you got to have the back seat on a lot of things. You know, a, a lot of things open up being an inside corner, a lot of things that open up where uh, when things break down, it's going to seem like your fault or you're going to feel like, you know, it's just you out there. So um, you just got to be steady and you got to be steady each game, each practice, and you got to be willing to learn. And whether I was, you know, in his ear or, you know, Coach Milos, uh, he was willing to learn. And so I think that'll help him a lot 
when it comes to him playing strong safety. Um, I'm liking his growth through over, you know, throughout his career, and uh, I'm proud of him. So, you know, as he embarks this strong safety position, I feel like him playing nickel at the end of the last season will help him out a lot. Uh, crazy in what way? Well, I mean, I remember when you got here, right? I mean, let's be honest, right? We didn't, no one knew you to be here. And then just to, to turn how far you've come and to last as long as we, it was hard. And just, you know, I think, contrasting when you started. Right now. Uh, good question. Um, I think, uh, as a player where I come from and, you know, not having much experience in college and obviously, um, through everything that I've endured over my career, um, it takes a lot of hard work. And it's not the luck of the draw. It's not um, just so happened to happen. So um, you got to fight through a lot of stuff. And that's something that I value a lot about, you know, sports in general is everybody have their own story. And you got a choice to make whether you want to keep going or you want to stop. So uh, I think every day you got a choice to make. And I'm just proud of myself that I'm able to make that choice every day to give him my all. Can you do this cornerback uh, when we're going to be young? We know Isaiah Rogers senior situation in the absence. Does that, it's how that we shift the leadership that you have to have in that uh, I think everything stays the same. It stays the same. We all walk uh, as one side by side, and and we all have to have the energy each day, and the, and the standard stays the same. Have you spoken to Isaiah at all? I have. I mean, same thing you would do if you had a brother that was going through something. You would you would give him a hand, and so uh, you would tell him you would always be there for him. You would, you would stay strong, and you would uh, do all you can to make sure he perseveres. Kenny, what's prior to minicamp and OTAs, you didn't get much time away from the facility. You were here quite a bit. Over the next few weeks before training, how do you treat that period of time between achieving the goals that you wanted to work out? Uh, I'm just determined to get back to the work. Honestly, I'm excited for for this season. So, and you know, I have a lot of proof to myself as far as you know making a lot of plays for this team. So, uh, I'm looking forward to winning some ball games and and uh, having some fun with the guys in the room and, and the rest of the team. So, uh, there's a lot to look forward to, and you know, just hitting back off the you know off season and getting ready for uh, training camp. This is the time where we'll all lock in uh, more than you know, we already were this offseason. So uh, I'm excited for, for all the hard work that will be put into it. And you know, we're going to reap the benefits that we all put in. But you know, we just got to stay steady one day at a time. Kenny, what, um, you're somebody who's studied quarterbacks. You've picked up a bunch in your career. What, what stood out so far about Anthony? I think it's still early right now to honestly just dissect his game. Uh, I, I think they're using him in a career correct response of the system that they want to um, build on the offense. So uh, just as willing to learn, he's sharp. Uh, you know, seeing him early in the morning when he's studying his notes, he wants it. You know, uh, and I think as a teammate, if you see another teammate, he wants it and he wants to work hard and he, he wants to be consistent. He wants to be and he does it each day. Um, you know, you give him all the respect. So you just want to pat each other on the back and tell each other to keep going. However, you want to compete and Make him miserable. Yeah, that quote that stuck out for me from Kenny is, uh, I have a lot to prove to myself. And that's true, and he has a lot to prove more 
more than just to himself, uh, to the league, really, uh, after what happened last year, uh, just not being the same playmaker he was before under Matt Eberflus's system. And, and, and I think we've discussed that a little bit. One thing I, we haven't really touched on that I've kind of been kicking around is uh, I'm sure that Kenny, more than other players, was impacted by, uh, by Shaquille Leonard not being in the lineup. And, and I say he's impacted more because they both play kind of uh, on the inside of the field, not quite stretched outside. Kenny at the nickel cornerback and uh, Shaq as the weak side linebacker. Um, certainly was the case in the um, in the old uh, old system under Eberflus that the, the middle of the field was was so important. It was the three technique with Buckner, the will linebacker and Shaq, the nickel corner and Kenny. A lot of the action was fl- was just naturally flowed toward them, and uh, and so so those three positions were just so important to have good players, and the Colts did. And, but still, like e- even without the, the system, uh, a lot of work on the inside of the field is going to be taken between those three players and uh if even if it's not the specific system that was run so if you don't have Shaquille Leonard uh in there and his playmaking ability uh Kenny is is going to be asked to do maybe a little bit more or there's just uh some plays that that are not going to be made that Shaquille could have made you know that um that kind of just stand out there as plays that uh where the uh, you gave up a little bit more in the middle of the field than you meant to uh, so, so I don't know. That was just something that I was kicking around that I was, I'd like to bring up with, uh, with chap and Matt sometime when we, when we get back together here. Um, let's see what one, uh, one more here, uh, one more player. Uh, and that's Dallas flowers. Who's the de facto outside cornerback. Number one right now has only played one year in the NFL after being an undrafted rookie last season out of Pittsburgh state go gorillas. Um, but I, I spoke with him one-on-one uh, a little bit at the end of uh, that last Colts minicamp uh, practice day. So here, uh, here is me in Dallas. What were you able to accomplish over these past three months now? Um, over the past three months, really just uh, learning the defense even more to like the best of the T. Um, running fast, flowing fast, playing with our brothers and just getting better every day, challenging the offense and how the offense challenged us and just come together as a defense to be like top defense in the league this year. You have to come together with a bunch of young guys out there like you. There's there's all these rookies run, run around you. You only have a year of experience yourself. Right. Can, what, what is it that you can offer them right now after just, just one year here in the league? Um, yeah, just one year, second year into it. I could teach them um, the stuff that I was going through as a rookie and just be by their side and help each other. I can learn stuff from them. They can learn stuff from me. So just working together and just trying to get better day by day. Seems like uh, there's going to be a lot of opportunity for a lot of reps out there, especially with uh, whatever's going to happen with Isaiah. And uh, so so how, how do you uh, embrace that challenge and, and be ready to go uh, come, I guess, day one training camp? Yes, um, Isaiah, that's that's our brother. We with him. Um, we went through whatever. We, we, we're there for him for sure, for sure. And um, just taking the opportunities that I get and just capitalize on them. Focus on me and just, just get better day by day and everything going to pan out. What about kick returns as well? I mean, it sounds like uh, there's going to be some out there. Well, I mean, you and Isaiah were the two guys back there. Are you ready to, to shorter the load there as well? Definitely, definitely. I got a couple of them running back this year. Yeah, he was strong at kick return a year ago for sure. Had some really exciting plays. And I don't know if he's going to be uh, completely loosed as he was at the end of last year, um, taking it back from seven, eight yards deep. Um, it was understandable why he did it then because the offense couldn't do anything, to be perfectly honest. So maybe at the start of this year, if you're trying to uh, just be a little bit more disciplined there, uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if, uh, if Shane Steichen uh, has uh, put the reins on him a bit and said, hey, don't take it out if you're that deep. Uh, it, maybe if you reach, like last year when he took over, I don't know, week 14, week 15, whatever it was, and the Colts are, you know, 
three and 11, then, then he'll be able to take it out from seven, eight yards deep because what, what do you have to lose at that point? Uh, so, so we'll see. Uh, I'm eager to see if, if I'm right or if I'm wrong in that area, if maybe he shows just a little bit more restraint, at least to start off the season when uh, the offense is at least to be determined uh, how good it is before you realize if it's a really good offense that doesn't need that kind of help or a really bad offense that turns out it does need that help. And, 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 and hey, punt returns, too. Uh, you have no Isaiah Rodgers and no Naheem Hines, um, no Kiki Kuti. Um, so uh, you, you could see him on punts, too, uh, on punt returns. Uh, that will probably be something that is up for grabs uh, in camp. You might not want your number one cornerback to do kick returns, punt returns, and be your number one outside cornerback uh, as well. But you might if he's the most dynamic guy out there, if there's no one else to do it. Um, you could have Isaiah McKenzie there as well for punt returns, uh, too, who uh, the Colts brought over from the Bills. Uh, so, uh, so, so yeah, uh, that's, uh, that's what we had from, uh, from Colts minicamp. Uh, you heard from the quarterbacks last week. If you haven't listened to that podcast, I encourage you to do so. And uh, be sure to subscribe to us to get us delivered to your, uh, to your podcast listening device throughout the week. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Colts Blue Zone. Colts news and notes coming at you whenever you log on. Uh, I'm Dave Griffiths at Dave G underscore sports. Also, uh, thanks to Matt Adams, as I said earlier, for uh, getting us situated with uh, the Colts training camp schedule uh, before I hopped on. Matt is at Statomatty. And uh, Mike Chappell at mchappell51. Check out all his work online at fox59.com, cbs4indy.com as well. Uh, we'll have some podcasts coming up in the next couple weeks for sure uh, before – excuse me, before training camp begins. Uh, but, uh, but that's kind of a, a bow on minicamp and a bow on the off-season program. So I uh, hope you enjoyed it, and we'll see you as, the tra- as training camp gets ever closer uh, later on the Colts Blue Zone podcast. 